welcome into the Shenanapod. I'm Zach, along with Spencer, and we have our good friend Rick Benson here with us. This is a pilot episode, so if it goes poorly, you'll never hear it, and there will not be a sequel episode. Uh, Spencer and Benson, how are you guys doing? Man, if I was any better, you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> I was just going to say, if I were any better, there'd be two of me, so thanks. I don't really know what that means. But anyways, we're going to go through a few segments that we have planned. We're going to see how they go. The first segment that we have is called Top 3. We're going to pick a topic, how, no matter how ridiculous. We're going to go through our own personal Top 3 in that topic. So to kick things off, let's start with our Top 3 Lamest Superheroes. I think... Uh, Having done some Google searching today, I think this is going to be a pretty good topic, and I think we're going to come up with some pretty interesting material. So I'll go first to get us kicked off. My number one lamest superhero, and these are in no particular order, but it's Marvel Comics' Bird Brain. Have either of you guys heard of Bird Brain? <laughs> I've not. I haven't, and I did a fair amount of looking, so good for you. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to hear this. Well, maybe the reason you couldn't find Bird Brain listed under lamest superheroes is that, as far as I know, he doesn't actually have any superpowers. Um, <laughs> he was created by somebody called the Animator. Clever name. Um, the only thing I can find about Bird Brain is he eats all the food that he sees and he's unable to communicate. He basically is a human bird. <laughs> so his superpower is an infirmity? So is, is that, is that what mean, we're getting out of this? Maybe he can fly, but I'm reading through the Wikipedia. It doesn't say that. So, I mean, maybe the superpower that Bird Brain has is he's just a drain on society at large. Uh, you know, that's really all I've got, but he seems fitting for this list. His lair is a statue in a public park. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe public defecation is his is his superpower. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure that makes him a villain because that's disgusting. Yeah, he goes to jail, I'm pretty sure. Spencer, who have you got? So uh, I didn't actually realize this was going to be this difficult and that there were so many terrible terrible uh, heroes and but my I'm gonna count down three two and one and my my start here is color kid and uh, his superpower is literally uh, changing the color of things so he he really has no superpower (laughs) other than changing the the color of an object that is one other color so like I'm picturing you know, like a, a crime fighting scene, you know, I'm trying to stop a bank robbery and the guy like points a gun at him and what's he going to like touch it and change the color. He literally has no superpowers either. It's just he, he can change the color of things around him from one to another. Well, he could make things green and then the guy with the gun would feel much more calm. And then I don't know, then you kick him in the crotch or something. I don't know what comes after Some that. Deep but. psychology. You know, hit him with the little uh, the little gun with the flag that pops out and says bang. <laughs> you know what I, I what I thought? Do you remember a few years ago there was a Thursday night football game when they were doing those color rush uniforms and the Bills and I think the Jets played and they wore red and green and everyone who was red green colorblind complained. And I thought, you know, that would have been a perfect time for what's his name? Color boy? Color kid? Oh, yeah. For Color Kid to swoop in and change one of the uniforms and save the day for, what is it, 13% of American viewers? Yeah, absolutely. That would have been his shining moment. See, I feel pretty good about Color Kid because (laughs) I was pretty sure you said Colored Kid. (laughs) And I was thinking, what kind (laughs) of show do you guys have me wrapped up in here? Yeah, well, we're definitely not getting Uh, a second Oh, yeah, Color Kid is great because, you know, Colored Kid, wow. (laughs) Benson, what have you come up with for us? Well, along that vein, I'm pretty sure this will be the last show you ever do because every one of my lame superheroes, I go back to the Justice League, Super Friends, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start with the Wonder Twins. Do you remember the See, I'm going to give myself away because I'm so much older than you guys. Very but, vaguely. But the Wonder Twins, Zan and Jaina, they would they would connect their rings and, and Wonder Twins shape of, and they could they were shapeshifters, you know, and they could come a shape of, and each one of them would, I'm the shape of a whatever, and I'm the shape of this. And it was just kind of real goofy, these extraterrestrial twins, one <laughs> male, one female, that had this power to change into whatever so they're 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 my lamest but everyone after that see the the justice league had all these weird ones and in the and in the 70s they came up with a series of different ones to 
I guess, to try to appeal to different demographics. So they had came up with Apache Chief, Black Vulcan, Ooh. El Dorado, and Samurai. You can see the four races that they're appealing to here, right? The Indians, <laughs> uh, uh, African-Americans, Hispanics, and Asians. Yeah, they, um, for a long time, were not very good about that. No, that's that is so. I I don't Apache Chief. That's your superhero, Apache Chief, and Black Vulcan. Apache Chief is this Native American guy who, it, and it was every cliche that you can imagine. You were talking about cliches, and the thought that kept coming to me was that you just couldn't get any more on the nose than that. Yeah, Apache Chief. For my second one, I found one, and I didn't realize till I was way down the rabbit hole that he actually is a villain i guess uh but he was too good to pass up and that's crazy quilt crazy quilt (laughs) was apparently he was a painter he had some kind of an accident or something that allows him to only see things in brilliant colors so i'm reading straight from wikipedia now crazy quilt has a helmet that allows him to hypnotize his victims using flashing lights of various colors it can also project lethal laser beams blinding lights and functions as artificial eyes since his own eyes no longer function. The lenses feed their input signal straight into his brain. So Crazy Quilt, his superpower is he has a really bright helmet. <laughs> I've got uh, Razorback, which at the at first glance sounds like a pretty cool name until you realize that it's essentially a guy wearing a giant uh, Pumbaa costume. And that sounds awesome. you look at this... Yeah, apparently he's straight out of a Spider-Man comic, and I'm going to read you a little bit of what it had to say here in the worst uh, heroes blog here. Uh, Spider-Man, check. Batman, check. The Wolverine, check. Pigman. What? Sorry, did you just say Pigman? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, apparently the this is the guy's name is Buford Hollis, and he took uh, inspiration from the humble farmyard animal uh, that he adored after having a few too many brandies. And the worse than that, worse than the idea of the guy running around in a pig costume, is that his superpower, the thing that he uses the very most, is that he's able to drive any vehicle. <laughs> so. He's basically just any random person. Yeah, but with a giant stuffed warthog on his head. Okay, that does make a big difference. Yeah. So so he Razor drives track. he drives any vehicle very stylishly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. My second one, bouncing boy. This was a superhero. I, I'm trying to think. It was maybe the late '60s, maybe it was the '70s. I, I don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure. But this was a cartoon character. Well, obviously cartoon character, but it was just overly cartoonish that this this superhero could just inflate. But he did it instantly. It's taken me 20 years to inflate to where I am now. But this this character could just inflate like a ball. And bounce, bouncing boy was was the superhero's name. That's straight out of Willy Wonka, right? Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. <laughs> oh my god! Coincidentally, now that you mention it, th- there's similarities there. They look very similar, very blue. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> what could you possibly use that for? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you'd be you'd be great in a football stadium full of people doing the wave. You could be the beach ball. Well, if That's one way to, to be the center of attention. Trying to push you out a door, you just inflate and they can't get you out. It's like a puffer fish. You got every advantage of a puffer fish. Aha. You're kidnap proof. No you one's cannot going be through this kidnapped. door until one of you comes up with a pin. Yeah. <laughs> My third and final one, uh, I'm sure, Spencer, he's on your list and maybe yours, Benson, but I couldn't let him go. It's arm fall off, boy. Oh. No, you took mine. I took. I had to. Uh, how do you pass up arm fall off, boy? His superpower is literally. I'm going straight from Wikipedia. The ability to detach his own limbs, which he can then use as weapons. <laughs> now you would have to be careful, I imagine, not to jettison both your arms, because then you have nothing left to pick up the arm and swing it with. So I guess. You'd have to drop a leg and then swing the leg around. It's it's not very clear from this. I also there was a little blurb from his biography that I thought I would share with you guys um, from a later episode that he he appears under the name Splitter. But it says 
He participate participates in the Legion's tryouts in Legionnaires number 43, is one of five finalists, but he is denied Legion membership after he panics and literally falls apart during the last test. <laughs> so, I mean, that would be a downside, I guess, to the superpowers if you get really nervous and all your limbs just come off by accident. I love the, the falling apart reference uh, in the most literal way possible in that situation. I'm stuck in my last one. I, I definitely had Arm Fall Off Boy as my top choice. And I'm I'm tilting a little bit here. I'm looking at two. One who is Squirrel Girl. Yes. And another who is the Doorman. And um, I think I'm going to have to go with the Doorman. Squirrel Girl is pretty awesome and apparently, you know, can control legions of, of squirrels. Um <laughs> It's, Has it, haven't we all wished for that power at some point? I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie; it would be endlessly entertaining. And uh, but I'm gonna end up going with the doorman because of his unique combination of powers. Depending on where you look, he has one of two powers. One is the ability to turn himself into a door, <laughs> which I cannot think of a single situation right now where that would come in even remotely useful in crime fighting. And the other is that he has the ability to teleport another person anywhere they want to go in the world as long as it's in the next room. <laughs> and so, so as long as it's someplace next door but it doesn't already have a door? I, I guess so. Like it's not super specific in the, in the research I'm doing, but like he can teleport anybody, which is one of the coolest possible superpowers as long as it's apparently in an adjoining room, which <laughs> – is is fantastic because the uh, you know I'm picturing trying to trying to get away in a like a disaster situation and trying to get anywhere fast when you can only literally go into the next room is just not very not very great. So he's he's a butler, but he doesn't even have a cool accent. Exactly. I could think of one instance where he would be really handy to have around, and that is if you are shipwrecked. He could turn into a door, and you could float on him. <laughs> and you could probably fit Rose and Jack, but that's a whole nother podcast. I was going to say, you know, the, the big question there would be how many people you could fit on the door and who's who's staying back and getting frozen. <laughs> For me, I, I I already gave you that, that, that group of four. Wonder, the Wonder Twins were my first pick and, and then Bouncing Boy. And then I got that group of four. But of that four. I think El Dorado has to be the one that sticks out to me. I mentioned Apache Chief, Samurai, Black Vulcan, but El Dorado was the Hispanic version. And I want you to picture in your mind uh, that character, that wrestling character uh, that Jack Black played in whatever movie. Nacho Libre. I am convinced that Nacho Libre was taken right out of the El Dorado cartoon. This is a hot take. Yeah, oh, no. If you ever look look it up on the internet, and you look at El Dorado, and then look at Nacho Libre, mm -hmm. very very similar. And the one superpower that I can remember he had, he would pull his cape up over top of himself and sort of teleport somewhere. You know, and just like a wrestler would pull the cape up and and hide himself and then reveal. It, it was just <laughs> this most bizarre thing, but. Uh, Hanna Barbera, whoever it was that was putting this cartoon together for uh, it was the Super Friends, the Justice League. There, they they were so intent on reaching. We we, we got to have a Hispanic guy. Mm -hmm. We got to have an African American guy. So they came up with these really odd characters. But El Dorado of the four, to me, had certainly no real reason other than his superpowers were not really all that super. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying really hard not to make the rest of my comments for the rest of this show just quotes from Nacho Libre. <laughs> uh, I think that would be very appropriate, actually, and probably get us better ratings. All right, on to the next segment, which I have titled very cleverly Best and Worst, because it is the best of something and the worst of something. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times, you stupid monkey. We're going to start out with the worst because I figure we always like bad news first, right? So the topic I've chosen to do our worst of this week is the worst places to suddenly feel the call of nature. Before we give our answers, has anybody got a story of a really unfortunate place that they suddenly realized they had to go to the bathroom? 
I do actually, and um, I had been debating on whether or not I would be willing to share this on here, but uh, it's actually it made my list, so I'm going to go ahead and and do it and get it over with. But public humiliation gets five star ratings, so this this is great. <laughs> Thank you very much in advance. This this might change the way people look at me, but when I was uh, when I was growing up, I was into martial arts, and I took a particular martial art uh, for many years. But I started when I was like five or six years old, and uh, like many martial arts, uh, the uniform that we wore was a bright white uniform top and bottom and so let me preface the story you can kind of probably tell where this is going that the uniform was bright white (laughs) and as a you know five or six year old i was number one super impressionable and number two i have always suffered with being a people pleaser and i don't like confrontation i don't like people to be mad at me and uh our sensei for lack of a better term had had yelled at everyone for too many people getting up and leaving class to go get a drink or to go to the bathroom, et cetera. And he just yelled at everybody and said, everyone needs to stay. Well, naturally, as a, as a little kid, right at that time was when I decided that I really, really had to pee. <laughs> and I was too scared uh, to, to ask after just being yelled at for everybody to be yelled at to ask if I could go to the bathroom. And so I sat there and decided to hold it until we started jumping around and doing punches and kicks and stretches and I couldn't hold it anymore. And so after a long time, I ended up letting it go and peeing my pants right there in the middle of our class. And uh, so rather than, you know, doing something like trying to leave or get out of there or asking for permission to leave, I decided to go through the rest of class that way. (laughs) And so I operated uh, through the rest of class with my pee pants and (laughs) tried my absolute best to cover the bottom part of my uniform with the top part of my uniform, which was tied with the belt. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll never forget, I have this vivid memory as I walked out of class as fast as I could after it was over of an instructor following his nose and sniffing the floor in the spot which I had been in. And uh, <laughs> that's probably one of my more humiliating stories ever. But when I was trying to think of the worst place to have to go to the bathroom, I'm still scarred from that one. So that was the first thing I thought of. Well, I think any time that you're occupied doing something, that's the worst time. Yeah. You know, I I can remember umpiring baseball games and there you have to go. What am I going to do? Call timeout. Everybody's got to wait if if it got to that point. But I can remember the last few innings of a game. I was in pain calling (laughs) balls and strikes. Well, same thing when it's happened to me when I've been in preaching or, or teaching somewhere and you're up in front of a group of people and you just got to go and you can't it, oh it's and, and you wait and you wait and you wait and you can either just what are you going to do just ask the church to stop while you uh, I'll be back in a couple of minutes mm-hmm. I, I think whenever you're occupied but the I the only story because I never lost control uh, yet um, <laughs> but I can remember this one story where it wasn't me. It was a friend. We're driving back in a van. We, I think we had done a, a construction, some sort of work project. Uh, we had gone out, group of us. There was uh, ended up three of us. Went out, did some work on, on a retail store. We're on our way back. We're in between Buffalo and Rochester on the thruway. Not near Batavia. Just any pick any other random spot between Buffalo and Rochester where there's mm-hmm. nothing around. And he got this urge, and he pulls over, and he doesn't trust us, which why would you? You know, three dudes driving back somewhere. (laughs) Of course, he's going to pull over. He's going to go in the woods. He doesn't trust us, so he takes the key and darts into the woods. Here's me and another guy sitting in this van, and he's gone for a long time. (laughs) We don't know if he's gotten... Hurt, injured, you know. I buried him. Uh, right. We do not know what happened. Well, he comes back to tell us he was running through the woods and hit his head on a branch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he wasn't knocked out, but he lost the keys. So in the dark, <laughs> late at night, he's crawling around on the ground where he had just went to the bathroom looking for the keys while this other guy and I are sitting in the van wondering what's going on. <laughs> I have a similar story where uh, uh, you guys both know our good friend Shane, um, who's been on our other podcasts. Uh, Shane and another friend and I are driving from here, Rochester, New York, down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to go to some Pittsburgh Pirates games. And the uh, the other friend, whose name I won't bring up because he has not agreed to it, um, is telling us, oh, I'm starting to feel like I need to go uh, number two. And... Um, 
I did not know this at the time, but he had irritable bowel syndrome or something similar to it. Oh, boy. Which greatly lessened the lead-up time to his explosive number twos. <clears throat> and so <laughs> Shane's driving, and Shane uh, goes, okay, um, about how long you got? And the other friend goes, uh, about 30 seconds. So literally, Shane, I mean, just flies over to the grass. <laughs> the car's not even done moving. The door's open. This guy is running down. He doesn't even get to the woods. He stops in the grass, drops trow, and proceeds to take care of what he has to take care of. And it is, it's somewhat dark out. We're driving overnight. So, you know, he has the cover of darkness or whatever. But Shane and I are both looking at each other going, I really hope a cop pulls up behind us right now <laughs> so he has to explain himself. But, uh, you know, it was crisis averted. Um, nothing happened inside the vehicle, but uh, I, I will remember that as long as I live. So um, have anybody come up with a list of some some places? Because I, I was thinking about this. Uh, the first place I thought of that would be the worst place to have to suddenly go to the bathroom is at the altar on your wedding day. I remember my wedding day, and 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 here at our church, it was it's, the stage is raised relatively high, with several steps to get down. Not only is it a high pressure situation in the spotlight, but then it would actually take you a while to get to the bathroom. So I thought being on stage for your wedding day would be one of the worst possible times. Oh yeah, and you, not like you don't have enough other stuff to focus on, and uh, making sure you're getting the timing right of everything and following the uh, following the instructions. And you know, there's a lot of it that's expected of you on your on your wedding day. You're supposed to be you're supposed to look happy. You're supposed to smile in all the right places, cry in all the right places, and look deep into uh, your your soon to be wife's eyes. So uh, you know, doing your pee pee dance on the uh, on the stage is not one of the things you're supposed to do. So I can't even. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Well, you guys are sports fans. You know the stories in games are legendary. Mm -hmm. They just go. And I can remember one friend of mine, he used to be a major league pitcher, telling me a story where he had to go. And this happened to be number two. This wasn't number one. Oof. And he went. And he, oh. he, he, finished, oh, no. he finished the inning, and it was becoming more and more noticeable. <laughs> and people in the first few rows of stands behind the dugout were beginning to be able to tell that he had had an accident out there at the mound. But he finished the inning, came back in, and changed between innings. Yeah. But those are some of the the, the, the tough situations. I, I know runners, and, and no offense to runners, but because we host a race and, and they just go. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's foul. They just go. You know, yeah, I think I, I watch. I, okay, I don't watch races, but you see footage or whatever of people racing and they're always soaking wet. And I always kind of wonder, like, is that sweat or, <laughs> you know, like, do they really smell right now? Like, and I'm sure you've been in these, vi these video clickbait links where people oh, yeah. in a supermarket or in a Walmart or something just dart behind an aisle and just leave one there in the aisle yeah nobody they look up and down nobody's there so they just leave their deposit in the store oh, oh as someone who worked in a walmart when i was much younger i i have seen that i have literally <laughs> seen somebody just walking on the aisle shake a turd out of their pant leg and keep on trucking and uh yeah uh, i'm still traumatized actually from i that. had one fellow at the park I work at, and it was early. We, we, it was the pipes were still at risk of freezing, so we didn't have the bathrooms turned on yet, but we had porta potties. Well, this gentleman didn't want to use a porta potty. M mind you, we're out plenty of woods all around us, mm -hmm. plenty of woods. Dive into the woods. He didn't do that. He went and found a secluded area um, that was only secluded because we didn't have games going on, but it was sidewalk. It was normally pretty uh, happening area. Mm -hmm. but he got somewhere secluded there and just went to the bathroom, squatted down, went to the bathroom, and then left the area. And I, I see him coming back from there because nobody was down there. I'm like, what's going on? So he comes up and comes back to the other area of the park where we did have a game going on, and he sort of mixes in the crowd, and I go down to see what 
had what he was doing down there. Was he trying to break in one of the buildings? What was going on? I just, it was unusual for somebody to be down there. And I find this pile uh, of just human mess. And I'm looking at it, and I'm the only one working. Somebody has to take care of this thing. And it was just, just foulness. <clears throat> that is... Um... Well, that kind of sounds like a Walmart story, actually. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> I actually saw a video like that just recently that I think was a Walmart story where somebody uh, somebody walks by on camera and lets something just kind of slip out of one pant leg onto uh, onto the ground. And actually, the worst part about the video was that the guy coming up behind him who was not paying attention was on his phone, slips in it. <laughs> and you see the foot just slide forward, <laughs> and the, the floor starts to turn brown, and the guy just eats it. He just falls right in it and continues to slide. And it was one of those things where you're alone, you're by yourself staring at your computer screen, and you still you just cringe. And you look around to make sure that nobody else is in the room, and it just really grosses you out. I'm sorry. Remind me, Zach. Were you saying this is going to be the only episode, or were you counting on there being more? <laughs> At this point, I think that's a pretty safe assumption. But uh, Spencer, did you have any other uh, things that you had thought of for worst places to feel the call of nature? I did, actually. So I feel like I might have missed kind of the the essence of the question because I picked rather than inherently like scenarios, because mostly my mind went to, you know, situations like yoga class or, uh, oh you know, the, the different things that you could be doing where you really had to go and go right then. Um, I, I I transitioned into like worst literal places to be when you have to go. And so I started thinking about different jobs that require you to be in certain situations where it would be really bad to have to go to the bathroom right now. And the sure one guide at the top of Mount Everest. Well, you're 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 kind of on the same train of thought as me wow. because the one thing that I came up with, the one place that I thought of that would be the worst job to have to have to go right now is the top of a cell phone tower. Oh my. Because I can't imagine being the guy who has to be either at the top of a cell phone tower way up there fixing stuff or maybe the guy who's, you know, fixing the lights at the top of the Empire State Building. But to have to go and to have to go right now and to know that not only would you be, you know, while being way up there and maybe hard to see in the view of literally everyone, but you're also accountable for everything that you might uh be above and might target by accident <laughs> below you. And uh, I, I just, that was, I, in my opinion, that was the worst possible situation to be uh, way up there and have to go right now. As you're telling that, I'm thinking you're saying that's the worst possible area. Worst possible for who? The guy in the tower <laughs> is not as much a problem as the guy at the bottom of the tower. Yeah. The guy looking up the ladder. Hey, do you need anything? <laughs> Yeah, you the know, guy who thinks he's got his own personal rain cloud. <laughs> you know, I had the thought as you were saying that, and I was like, that wouldn't actually be a problem for me because I'm, I don't do heights. So as soon as I got up there and looked down, everything is evacuated out of my body <laughs> immediately already. So having discovering that I have to go to the bathroom, it's not going to be a problem after that. Not for long anyway. And the other one that I came up with is since we've been on this long discourse about pooping your pants is the starting line of an obstacle course like say you're you're about to go you're waiting for that green light at the start of like the ninja warrior course and suddenly you're <laughs> like oh man that lasagna is catching up to me you know like that would be because it's televised like you can't just not go you've got to go but also not go if you know what i mean I'm I'm picturing Benson's story, you know, the, of the baseball player who went and just had to go through it with everybody kind of stopping and maybe smelling and looking and trying to figure out what had happened there while somebody, you know, in spandex is trying to dodge tennis balls and jump over hurdles. Man, that's that's brutal. Yeah, that's got to chafe. All right, let's transition from that, whatever that was, into the best. <laughs> let's go with the best portion of our best and worst segment. We're going to pick our best cartoons cartoons from any genre we'll have a loose definition of the word cartoons I, I think we could do maybe three or so a piece what benson you start us off what's the best cartoon in your opinion the best cartoon my all-time favorite was a late 60s it came over uh, what's it, from japanese television it was called gigantor <laughs> i am sure the two of you are too young for this but man i was a fan of this cartoon it was so cool it was just about this big 
robot that this little 10-year-old kid or something had the remote control for, uh, and, and this giant robot would always save the day, and the music was dramatic, but it was um, it, it was it's kind of one of those cult classics now at this point. Zach, I know you're a, a bit of a heavy metal fan. Megadeth, uh, Dave Mustaine, had, they do a a, uh, a festival, music festival, the, the Gigantor Music Festival. Well, that's actually what it's named after, this cartoon, Gigantor, oh, cool. this Gigantor character. But that that was one of my all-time favorites growing up. You know, I haven't seen the show, or, or to be honest, I hadn't heard of the show until now. But I know that the name Gigantor is still a part of popular culture. You know, how many times have you seen some great, big, huge guy and called him Gigantor? You know, yep. just probably not to his face because he's a great, big, huge guy. But, you know, <laughs> rough, you know, I would nudge Spencer and be like, oh, check out Gigantor over there. Like, that's to this day an enduring part of culture. I think that's pretty cool. It was such a raw, you know, the graphics for the cartoon. Of course, we're talking the 60s. It, it was so raw. Picture the original Iron Man where he comes out of the Middle Eastern cave, you know, very raw type. Yeah. It was very similar. Spencer, how about you? What have you got for your first of the best cartoons? This was a fun a fun dive for me because uh, a lot of times in situations where I try to think of the best things, I don't inherently think of the things that everyone loves. I think of the things that I love. And so it was interesting for me to learn when I was trying to think of some of the things that I thought were awesome as a kid that actually I just had terrible taste because most of the cartoons that I watched were horrible because uh, the the ones that came to mind were uh, things like cow and chicken and, uh, and, you know, you and I still quote cow and chicken to each other. I have these fond memories of being on places like vacation and, you know, waking up and watching these cartoons. And when I look back yeah. on them, they were just terrible. And so I went with something I was looking through the list and was struck because I feel like there should be an easy one one pick here for me. And it's one that has spanned the ages back, you know, decades ago and still going now. It's Scooby-Doo. Oh, uh, stole mine. Scooby-Doo, I think, and, you know, take your pick. I think the original was um, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, mm-hmm. I believe, in 1969. And uh, I will still watch Scooby-Doo with, uh, with my, by myself, with my wife, with my nephew who lives with us. There's, uh, it's endless, endless entertainment. I'll still watch it. Absolutely. In fact, last year I got a Target gift card among my birthday presents. And I went to Target and I stumbled across the three seasons of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You on DVD, and I bought all of them because I love that show. And I'm uh, a little cheesed that you took it, to be honest, but I should have probably expected that. Uh, so payback for-, for arm fall off, man. <laughs> this podcast uh, would be successful. It wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely lost that trade if it's arm fall off boy for Scooby-Doo. Uh, so for my number one, I'm going to go with one that I know you also love, Spencer, which is Justice League. Um, how many uh, times did we as kids go to the library and grab the newest and greatest Justice League uh, movie and bring it home and watch it a whole bunch of times? And I actually have purchased a few of them. Um, my kids are completely disinterested because they don't appreciate quality television. But we watch right, so many naturally. of those Justice League cartoons, and I still enjoy them to this day. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just going to – I have a gut feeling that you and I um, – being brothers and as close as we are, are just going to trade back and forth, taking ones off of each other's list here. Yeah, I shouldn't have let you go before me. That was a big mistake. Benson, who else have you got for best cartoons? Well, there's so many. This was an easy car- uh, grouping for me. Yeah. Um, you know, just for clarity, are we talking comic book or animated television? Uh, I was thinking animated television, but okay. if you want to go comic book, I mean, we'll leave it wide open. Well, I'll just mention <clears throat> one of my favorite comic books was Sad Sack, I, and you probably don't remember. Um, it was just it was a fairly humorous army setting, and and it was just this poor guy. But anyway, that was a comic <laughs> book. We're gonna, but if you want to stick to the animated series, uh, Bugs Bunny was yes. always a classic, especially the older ones where. You know, they they don't show them anymore. They're, they're too violent. They're too racist or too whatever, you know, but it was a different time. And, and I really enjoyed the Bugs Bunny and, and the whole characters mm-hmm. that came with it. Elmer Fudd, uh, Daffy Duck and, and all those Bugs Bunny. And I'm hoping that when we get through, so I, I, we get through these, we'll give our top through, but three, but I, I'm hoping you allow us to give a, uh, 
you know, honorable mention list. Oh, for sure. My list is way too long as well. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah, I'm picking three, so I'll take Bugs Bunny here, but there's so many on this list. And the humor in those Looney Tunes holds up, too. I've watched some of them with my kids, and they even enjoy them. You know, they're timeless. Spencer, how about you? What's number two for you? I'm going to go back to the well here of things that I still enjoy to watch because I think it's it's such a good hallmark when a, like when you were talking about a show standing up. And I don't know that I can necessarily say it stands up because this is still more of a recent show. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I could sit around all day and watch Phineas and Ferb. Oh, it's, I hate you. It's easily one of my favorite cartoons. I don't know what it is about that show, um, about the, the kind of the fun way that they work in humor that can be, while appropriate, appreciated by adults and kids and, uh, you know, full of just random facts and music and unbelievably goofy situations. And uh, there were, you know, there have been nights where, you know, if I can't sleep or I'm, I'm, I'm up when everyone else is asleep, when I'll lay down on the couch and, and uh, turn on Phineas and Ferb until Netflix asks me if I'm still there. So, <laughs> And then you ask yourself, am I really still here? Uh, <laughs> for my number two, I'm going to go with another classic, the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Mm-hmm. Not the, mm-hmm. uh, the abomination that Amazon just released recently because that is not the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. The original Rocky and Bullwinkle show was fantastic it spawned a great john goodman movie but i I even introduced the original rocky and bullwinkle to my kids this week and they didn't understand it but they enjoyed it and uh for me anytime i can go back uh i'll go down the uh the black hole of youtube watching rocky and bullwinkle videos and i still enjoy it benson you want to bring us home with your number three Oh, number three. This is where it really gets tough because, again, so many. Um, I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I've given you a superhero type one, Gigantor, something funny, Bugs Bunny. Now I'll just give you something kind of nice and sweet I used to watch with uh, my daughter. And my wife loves it, Little Bear, on PBS. Oh, yeah. It was just always this nice, wonderful, kind cartoon and it was just it, little bear was very nice terrific yep. stories and the parent in me loves that pick because so many kid shows are loud yelling and obnoxious voices and voices and crazy music and stuff when you find one that your kids like that's also somewhat relaxed and toned yeah. down it's like magic and there was something about the animation too it was just sort of a classic type animation to it mm-hmm. the way it was drawn it, it really quite attractive to the eye Spencer, what do you got for number three? I, I'm trying to, de- to decide if I'm still able to use this one because I think uh, Benson had, had mentioned Bugs Bunny, and that drew me to Looney Tunes, which is kind of the world that he is out of, correct? Right. So I, I won't go ahead and do that. So instead of uh, piggybacking off of your pick, I'm going to take another classic. Um, it's Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. I, it was, it was, you know, you could say it's before my time and I, but I still, I grew up watching them. They're still on television and just hours as a kid spent in front of the, the television, just watching, uh, you know, a cat try to catch a mouse and all of these just irrational, crazy things happening to him the whole time. And, uh, you know, you've got the, the nutcracker episode and all the different themed episodes, of Tom and Jerry, and uh, it's just, it's always going to be a classic and always going to be something I would watch. Agreed. And it's tough for me to just pick one more because I have a very long list here, and we'll go through some honorable mentions. I think what I'm going to go with is uh, actually the one I've been watching this week the most with my kids. My kids have started requesting this show now, and it's the original Pink Panther. Did you guys ever watch the oh, Pink yeah. Panther? My, um, my son, who's a little over one and a half years old, um, the one song I know, if I hum the song, it will calm him down no matter what. It's the Pink Panther song. And uh, they, my daughter now requests it. We watch it daily. Uh, it's fantastic. It's on Amazon. And uh, I just have sort of reconnected with how much I enjoyed watching the Pink Panther. It really is a classic. and also tells me that they have great taste in music because it's just a fun song to hum and also one that you can't get rid of once you get started. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I like to think that I'm instilling some culture in my children that uh, <laughs> I would like to have myself. Uh, I had several on my list that obviously didn't make it, but um, some of the top ones for me, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, uh, yes. 
the magic speaking of speaking of theme songs chippendale rescue rangers are you kidding me uh magic school bus futurama roadrunner ducktales those were all uh on the list for me i had ducktales i completely forgot about magic school bus but that was one of my absolute favorites as a kid um ducktales also and then there are a few of the the different marvel uh character cartoons are some of the ones that immediately came to mind for me for me it was you know so many of the, the older classics probably more to my age group things like droopy and quick oh, draw mcgraw who had this alter ego i think it was as an alter ego of el cabong used to swing in <laughs> uh, this horse <laughs> with a, a bandit uh, on kind of a, a i don't know a lone ranger thing on his eyes would come swinging in and pe hit people over the head with a guitar uh, <laughs> i remember that yes mighty mouse courageous cat and minute mouse oh, uh, you know man. of course speedy gonzalez speedy gonzalez ricochet rabbit the you know, the flintstones the jetsons but there are a few that were later, maybe more into your timeline, which would be like Courage the Cowardly Dog. I thought yeah. that I always thought that was funny when my yeah. daughter would watch it. Stupid dog. Um, Animaniacs, Pinky in the Brain, these sorts of things were I, I found quite humorous. Yeah, those are, that's an all star list right there. In fact, it was funny to hear you mentioned Flintstones. I just introduced my kids to the Flintstones this week. And I had to sort of explain to my daughter, okay, they live way back long ago when there were still dinosaurs. And then she's like, oh, okay, now I get it. And then we watched a few <laughs> of those, and eh, they didn't hold up as well as I thought. I think when I was a kid, because I had the vitamins, I thought it was cooler than it really was. But, yeah, we've been watching The Flintstones this week, too. Yeah, that, that made it another John Goodman movie, you know, The Flintstones. They had turned that. Of yeah. course, that's a classic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's got Elizabeth Perkins, and you know how I feel about Elizabeth Perkins. I do, so. and you know what else I enjoyed is I think the second one, Viva Rock Vegas, um, the guy who plays Hotch in Criminal Minds is, I think, one of the villains in that episode. And it's just funny if you've ever watched Criminal Minds, or if you're not as weird as Spence and I are, maybe you haven't. Um, he's my daughter very... loves it. I I see it when you it used to she'd have it on and I'd walk in the room, but I haven't seen too many yeah. of the episodes. He's myself. this very buttoned down, reserved, quiet, very intelligent. Wears a nice suit all the time, well spoken, super serious, super serious. Never oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and then in this movie here, he is like wearing a bow tie and a <laughs> caveman robe with his bare arms hanging out and stuff. It it was it's just such a shock if you know him from Criminal Minds that um, I really enjoyed that. I just discovered what I'm going to be doing in a few hours. Yeah, Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> All right, now time for a segment we call Either Or, again, very cleverly named because we will choose either one answer or the other. And that's the point. You'll have to choose. The question today is Crocs or cowboy sandals benson before this were you familiar with cowboy sandals i was not i actually had to look it up and i was somewhat taken aback when i saw the <laughs> images i was like somebody would wear those for for the uh, the listener uh, provided someone actually does listen to this who's not familiar with cowboy sandals picture cowboy boots with the bottom cut away in such a fact that below the ankle they are flip-flops so if you picture flip-flop cowboy boots First of all, I'm sorry that you can't erase that image now. Second of all, that's what we're talking about here. Crocs, on the other hand, we know a lot of people. You, Crocs are very much either a love them, hate them sort of thing. I don't know too many people who are just sort of okay with Crocs. So, Spencer, let's start with you. Where do you fall on the issue of Crocs and cowboy sandals? Uh, a little bit resentful of having to answer this question and choose between one of these two objects is where I fall. You but not choose neither. You have to choose either or. <sighs> This is a terrible situation, and you know, I was I was struck because I saw Crocs on the list first, and I thought, nope, that can't possibly be it. And then I read Cowboy Sandals. But wait, there's more. And some part of me knew before I googled or image searched Cowboy Sandals that I could not choose something called Cowboy Sandals, and so I think. <laughs> As I actually tried to think about it, the ultimate tiebreaker for me was that there, while there's never an excuse to wear Crocs, there are some situations where I think it's okay to wear Crocs. For example, you know, your kids playing in the creek or, you know, on the shore of a beach or whatever. Crocs, 
maybe an okay thing to wear and people say they're really comfortable. You will not convince me there is ever a situation where it is appropriate to wear cowboy sandals and I will die on that hill, boot hill, if you will. <laughs> and so I had to go with the Crocs, which is uh, choosing Crocs over literally anything is the worst decision I've ever had to make. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Yeah, it feels a little dirty. I think for me, it's Crocs too, for a few reasons. A, I'm with you. I don't think cowboy sandals in any way can be comfortable. Um, and also Crocs, on the other hand, are supposed to be very comfortable. I know nurses who wear Crocs constantly because they're like, oh, we're on their feet. We need something comfortable. That's why we wear Crocs. So I'm assuming that they are comfortable. Second of all, I think you can get your Crocs somewhat customized. Like you could get, say, New York Yankees Crocs if you wanted, which I guess would make them at least like passably okay. So I mean, I, if there was any way to do Crocs, yeah, I think I, I think I have to take the Crocs by default almost. That's you guys are crazy. I'm sitting here googling images of <laughs> cowboy sandals, and I already have my opinion of Crocs, and it's not favorable. These are outrageously cool. <laughs> I, I'm saying that they got. You mentioned custom ones. They got custom ones. I, I mean, mean cowboy sure. boots are already cool, and if I'm, you've never worn them, they are very comfortable. But, man, some of these things are absolutely – I can't think of a scenario you would wear them other than to say, look at me, I'm wearing cowboy sandals. But the <laughs> fact that I can start typing in cowboy S and it comes up cowboy sandals in my Google search yeah. tells me this is a real thing. But some of these are actually pretty attractive. You were talking Benson, about I... being cool, and my first thought was they're probably – that's probably the selling point, right? They're physically cool because your whole foot is just hanging out of your boot. Yeah, you, Benson, you want to go to the rodeo, it's hot, but yet, here you go. The only drawback is I don't see any here. They all have that thing between the toes, and that's a, that's a deal breaker for me. I want you to, to think and tell me of, of an outfit that you would wear that would not be completely obliterated by cowboy sandals. Daisy Dukes. Oh man, you just had that on the tip of your tongue. You just got Daisy Dukes right there on the on the top of your brain. That's what I picture when I picture the guy who's wearing cowboy sandals. I just wait a picture... minute. You're picturing the guy wearing the Daisy Dukes. I picture. Yeah, that's you what... know... Are you picturing me wearing <laughs> Daisy Dukes? I do picture that it's not you, but the guy has the mayonnaise white feet that I know you like to rock from your time outside <laughs> with your socks on. But I picture this guy. He's you know. He's a six-pack in already. He's got the short denim shorts just because, and he's wearing the cowboy sandals, and he's probably already shirtless at this point or has the team's logo painted on his chest. That's the guy I'm picturing in the cowboy sandals. Listen, if you can walk along the beach of Florida wearing shorts and black socks and a pair of shoes, these things are perfect for that guy. I might be changing my opinion. I just found a pair of cowboy boot sandals with roller skates on the bottom. <laughs> well, that takes us in a whole other direction. Well, how fun is that? I mean, <laughs> and dangerous. You, yeah, now you can also get severely injured while getting pretty reasonable airflow around your ankles. And sunburn. Think of the ankle t the ankle tans that you could get with cowboy oh, sandals. Man. Yeah, the whole back of your leg is still white. Here's a pair that looks like gladiator boots. I might have to change my vote, Benson. You might have me on this one. If I could get the gladiator boots with the roller skates, I, <laughs> I'm sold. That's, that's next level. That's, that's game changer. All right. The next segment is called What If. Here's a question for you. What if you could give yourself one superpower, but the, the hitch is you also have to give it to your biggest rival? Spencer, what say you? So I think we need uh, just a little bit of context here in this situation. So, you know, we get to pick a superpower, but we also have to give it to a rival. So in this situation, are we assuming that we are going to, let's say, have to fight said rival all the time? Is this like a Superman Lex Luthor relationship where we're going to be in battle all the time? I mean, it or is be. it? I, I see. I said rival instead of enemy because I assumed we're all reasonably nice dudes. I don't I don't think any of us would consider ourselves to have like a mortal enemy, but. I'm sure we have rivals, right? You know, whether it's work rival or in a hobby or in a fantasy league you play. Something. So somebody that you really, maybe they're not your enemy, but you don't like them and you don't really want to see them get ahead. So uh, I don't know. That probably sounds bad, but that guy, that guy has to get the same superpower as you. All right. And, so you're saying. It could just be the guy who cuts in line ahead of you at the grocery store. I don't know. 
you're saying uh, not my enemy, but I just don't like them. Yes. So all of civilization. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I have to give this power to all of civilization. Yeah. Definitely for me, it'd be definitely everybody who drives on the road around me. Those are my uh, my rivals. Well, because I think this is important because if if I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to constantly be you know at odds with one set person, I might want to pick because if I pick a superpower, I'm I'm dooming humanity to have to deal with you know my arch rival who I'm going to assume is the bad one because I'm clearly the hero in this situation. Yeah, so obviously. you know I might need to for the sake of humankind pick a really bad one. Yeah, you know, pick, I wanted you to have to think about this a little bit because I, I think that might be the direction that I would go. So in this in this situation, I'm going to assume that this is a rival that I'm going to butt heads with on a constant basis because otherwise, I'm just envisioning that I am a superhero while out there in the world is some nameless person who also can do the things that I can do and I don't know where they are. So in this situation, I'm going to assume that. It's someone we're going to butt heads with. And I think because if there is one thing that I can't stand, it's losing. And I am willing to take a mamby-pamby, terrible superpower in order to make sure that we can remain on common ground and I can win in this situation. Okay. So I'm, I would pick something like, uh, like doorman, like I, like who would be a door. And then I would, I would make my opponent become a door and then set him on fire or, oh, wow, that got dark quick. Or, uh, let's say, you know, I could, I could be the world's best underwater basket weaver. And then while, you know, rendering my opponent essentially completely useless. And then I could kick him in the shin, you know, like I don't, I don't want to put myself in a situation where uh, I could be overpowered in any situation. So I would probably pick something like that. Or here's a good one. I would pick Squirrel Girl's power like we talked about earlier um, because that person has the ability to uh, control legions. That's the word it used, legions of squirrels. And so I will have two people with opposing wills controlling legions of squirrels on the streets of New York. That'll be my plan. So that probably will just leave New York littered with the bodies of dead squirrels, I would imagine. Uh, I thought something along the same lines of you. I thought, I want to do something that is not going to give the other guy all that much power. And then I thought about it and I thought, well, maybe he won't realize that he has the power. Maybe I will, but he won't. So here's what I thought about. My biggest rival is a guy that I'm in a fantasy uh, baseball league with. And so I thought, what can I do that would help me but still really not help him? So I thought I would give myself the superpower to always make the wrong choice. And here's why. Because I would think what my choice would be, and then I would think, okay, I should do the opposite of what I want to do. Uh, I will deep. know this, but he will not. And he will just continue to make the wrong choice. What are you, that guy in The Princess Bride? <laughs> inconceivable <laughs> and so you i can clearly me. not choose the glass in front of you yes so I, I guess i could clearly not choose the superpower in front of me is the moral <laughs> of this story <laughs> that's devious benson how about you well in my heart of hearts i want to be invisible so bad that i would give it to my <laughs> rival and then both of us would wander around the planet not knowing where the other one is now, i wonder if you're invisible can you see other invisible people I don't know, it just would be so cold to be invisible. There's so many things you could do with that. Okay. But if I really wanted to be a blessing to my rival, if my superpower was to render calories neutral, Ooh. and I could eat ice cream all day long and never gain weight, I could eat Oreos all day long. Uh, yeah, all right, so I got to give it to somebody else, but at least I get to do that. Um, I'm changing my pick. I can That's eat a great pick. All day long, I yeah. render calories neutral. I like the direction. I picked the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, I picked the wrong thing too. My pick was dumb. I want that one. <laughs> no, you're stuck with Squirrel Girl. Yeah, how many pizzas <laughs> could you eat, rendering calories useless? All of them. Answer multiple. Yeah, all of them. All of the pizzas. All right, we got one final segment. It's called "Did You See This?" Where we ask each other, "Hey, did you see this?" We're going to take a headline that we saw recently. Now, it doesn't have to be a recent headline, just one that you saw recently. I'll get us started. Uh, this is from HollywoodReporter.com. James Dean, reborn in CGI for Vietnam War action drama. There's a little clip from the article. 
It's about a movie called Finding Jack. Finding Jack is based on the existence and abandonment of more than 10,000 military dogs at the end of the Vietnam War. Dean will play a character called Rogan, considered a secondary lead role. There's a quote from director uh, Anton Ernst. We searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, which has some extreme complex character arcs. And after months of research, we decided on James Dean. Now, you you're walk into me, the meeting room, yeah, and, and you're proposing, hey, I got this movie idea, and it stars James Dean. And everybody in the meeting room is like, you know, he's dead, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do know, but check this out. Think of the production costs. We don't have to pay the guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pay 100 people with computers to make him exist. <laughs> I just my, my, my first thought when I read this was like, okay, maybe it's a movie about James Dean. And then I, I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, no, it's about the Vietnam oh, War. Oh, no, it's not. No. And then I'm like, and he's like, well, it's got a real, you know, what does he say? Extreme complex character arc. There's nobody alive that can portray an extreme complex yeah, character right? arc better than James Dean. What When you think of James Dean, do you think of extremely complex character arcs? I just do you think, think of, of a guy in a motorcycle. Yeah, a guy in a leather jacket driving a race car or a motorcycle. I. I think James Dean would be one of the last people I would pick. I, I I could definitely think of several people who are, you know, have a pulse that I would choose over James Dean. But maybe that's why I'm not in the in showbiz. Hmm. Spencer, how about you? I was scrolling and was was struck by uh, two consecutive ones that were related to the same thing. And uh, I'll read you the most recent headline of the two. Woman who married 300-year-old pirate ghost announces marriage is over. <laughs> oh, wow. And, yeah, so I, I read a little bit of – there was another one that was, you know, woman marries 300-year-old pirate ghost. And uh, the the headline of this one is relationships can be tough, especially when one of the parties involved is not of this world. Earlier this year, random woman's name – uh, a 45-year-old Jack Sparrow impersonator from Northern Ireland wed a 300-year-old pirate ghost named Jack, but it seems that their unlikely union has come to an end. And uh, the, the article goes on to say that this woman is a, a a mother of five and that she had married the 300-year-old pirate ghost who inspired the Jack Sparrow character. So – Number one, she deserves criticism on two faults because, one, she married a 300-year-old ghost. Number two, are you wanting to marry the ghost of the guy who inspired Jack Sparrow? Is that the guy that you want to spend the rest of your life with and to be the ghost father of your children? I don't think so. And uh, the the more I read this, the more wacky it gets. But uh, she came out and, and told the media, quote, I will explain all in due course. But for now, all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality it's not something to mess with. And I just want to say, no, duh. Mess with in the sense of marry? Like, I don't uh, – Yeah. first of all, you're absolutely right. You've got to find a more dependable, responsible, stay-at-home pirate ghost than the one that inspired Jack Sparrow. That was a mistake from the get-go. But the other question I have is when it said in the article that she's a Jack Sparrow impersonator – does that mean that she just likes to play pirates or does she actually specifically impersonate Jack Sparrow? I, I kind of need to know this now. My understanding without, you know, having that information pulled up right now is that she's actually a Jack Sparrow impersonator. Like that is her area of expertise. And um, again, you know, another another questionable life choice in addition to marrying a ghost whose only concern is where the rum went. So I feel like that would be a great soap opera. You know, it's like meeting Jack Sparrow's ghost where it starts out and, you know, she meets him and she's asking him questions for research for her acting. And then it turns into friendship and it turns into love and it turns into marriage. And then we watch as it all falls apart. That would be quite a uh, pirate ghost comedy slash drama. What a drag for the kids. If your stepdad is a 300 year old pirate ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or would other, it be cool? The other kids are like, your dad's a ghost. He's not my real dad. <laughs> You're not my dad. <laughs> I'm all boy, not half ghost. Yeah. I remember seeing some, uh, just recently I saw some headlines, but for the life of me, after you said, you know, this is the topic we're going to do, I'm like, man, I can't remember what I saw uh -huh. recently. But one that I've never, ever forgotten, and this goes back to the tragic death of, of Princess Diana, the headline read something to the, to, to the uh, sense of, 
Diana suspected to be alive hours after she died. <laughs> I've never forgotten that headline. Uh, suspected to be alive hours after she died. Uh, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And so I honestly can't even think like of a that. response to that. It was just, okay, it took me a while to even think what they're trying to say with it, but I, I can I can still see it in my head. And I, How many years ago is that now? So <laughs> I can remember um, uh, the headline when, uh, remember uh, ambidextrous pitcher Pat Venditti got mm. called up to the majors and the headline ran uh, baseball's first amphibious pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember why, but that particular headline, when that when headlines come up and talk, I always see that one. So I'm sure that will come up on the show again if there's ever, if there ever is another one. But I, the other thing that I just thought of just now is here we had this wide range of headlines to choose from of, of basically since the creation of newspapers we could have gone back to, and somehow we all came up with headlines about dead celebrities. They're That's a good point. Yeah. I, I was between this or uh, the cultural phenomenon that is currently uh, in the year in which we are, Florida Man. Yeah, I thought that um, too. We'd be here all night. We could have. Yep, there's just an endless list of Florida Man in our headlines. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been fun. We're right about an hour, so I'm going to wrap it up. This has been Shenanapod. I'm Zach, along with Spencer, our good friend Benson. If there's a next time, tune in next time. So long. Our job is finished.